grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon.
This is the gospel. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded in our second lesson from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians chapter 2, beginning at the fifth verse. I would like to read this, these beautiful words once more. Indeed, let this attitude be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Though he was by nature God, he did not consider equality with God as a prize to be displayed. But he emptied himself by taking the nature of a servant when he was, when he was born in human likeness, and his appearance was like that of any other man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name which is above every name, so that the, at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, what was Jesus doing? Riding into Jerusalem on a donkey? A donkey? Why wasn't it a gallant Roman soldiers, general soldiers, a white stallion of an animal? Isn't that the majestic animal for the king of kings? He comes in on a donkey. We would consider that in the horse here, in the horse arena, as one of the lowliest of the animals. But know this, even though the donkey would probably not be a Roman general's choice, it was King David's choice. This was King David's royal animal. He even put his son on it when his son was in, was was crowned to be the next king of Israel. A donkey. Even the people were speaking of Jesus as a king, quite possibly seeing the connection. Oh, they, they would yell out that he is the son of David. They said, Hosanna in the highest. Word spoke for a king. They said, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And yet, these people who laid down their palm branches as well as their robes, giving Jesus the royal treatment where his animal would not even touch the ground, and praising Jesus as their king, then we hear less than a week. People at the trial of Pil with Pilate yelling out, crucify him, crucify him. They would re rather release Barabbas, who was a notorious criminal and, a and, and, and an insurrectionist, than to see Jesus released, who was innocent of all the charges. Now, are these the same people? Quite honestly, probably not. But to hear people at one moment praising him and at the next minute condemning him, even wanting him dead reminds us that that's how people take Jesus. 
They will either like him and praise him and worship him, or they will reject him and hate him. But it's not so much what people think of Jesus that ultimately matters. What really matters is what God says, what God's holy word says. And out of all the passages in scripture, the one that is before us really stands out. This text here occurs every Palm Sunday. I have preached on these words many times. And I will preach on them many times again. Because as we go into Holy Week, these words remind us who is the one we're worshiping. And when we stand, understand who we are worshiping, we take to heart what he has done for us. And what he has done for us is truly amazing. The entire text here starts with the words, let your attitude be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. The attitude is actually talking about the couple verses right before where the Apostle Paul is telling them to humble themselves, to not have vain conceit and to be selfish and to even consider other people's interests above your own. But in order to describe humility, Paul takes it one step further and describes the humility of Jesus Christ himself. The very Savior himself is an example for godly living. And so who is this Jesus? Well, according to this, he's by nature God. He has all the characteristics of God. He has the power of God. He has the glory of God. In the Holy Scriptures, he is called God. Jesus is God. And he did not consider equality with God as a prize to be displayed. I have always wrestled with these words. Because there's actually two popular translations on that very phrase. In fact, this phrase, a prize to be displayed. In the original language, it's actually one word. And the word does have the idea of a prize to be displayed. So in other words, saying here that he didn't consider equality with God, this nature of God, as something he won, and now he can show off to other people. Kind of like, ha ha, look at what I have and you don't. Or the word can also have the idea of robbery. It's got the, it's got the nuance of, of, of getting something by force. And so did Jesus have to take that divinity and make it his own? And no matter how you take it, and you will see the different translations, the truth of the matter is, is Jesus was not a man who became God, but he is God who took on human flesh. He was fully human. He was in the nature of man, but was without sin. He was not a sinful human being. He was holy and righteous. He, is, he had all the characteristics of a man. He ate, he slept, he drank, he talked, he walked. He had feelings. We hear him even weeping at the funeral of Lazarus. The Bible calls him a man. So Jesus is fully man. And as you've heard me say hundreds of times, don't think of Jesus like Hercules, half God, half man. No, fully God 
and fully man in one person. But in order to take on that human flesh, in order to save us of our sins, we're told he had to empty himself. Now clearly, he did not empty himself by, by emptying himself entirely of his divine power and glory. We still see his power and glory in all the miracles that he was performing. But he did not make full and constant use of it either. So that he could be born and conceived and born. So that he could suffer and die. In fact, our very king of kings took on the role of a servant. He left the glories of heaven and came down to earth where he was hated and rejected so that he could humble himself to the point of death itself and in particularly to the point of death by crucifixion, death on the cross. He died a criminal's death. But he was not a criminal. But the wonderful news is this death on the cross means there was a great exchange. Taking all of our sins, God put them on Jesus who suffered for them. Even the guilt of them, even the punishment for them. Everything connected with sin, Jesus was paying for those sins. Even the sins that we've inherited, let alone the sins that we have committed. And, he, and, and here Jesus suffered for these sins. Because God demanded that the punishment of sin is death. And Jesus suffered that punishment so that we would live. So that we would be forgiven. That the debt would be paid in full. And then he conquered death and rose again. Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins. By the way, all of this we call an article of faith, those things that human beings cannot even begin to fathom and understand. Human logic cannot grasp what is going on here. It's an article of faith. God tells us this is who he is. God tells us this is what he has done. And with believing hearts, we take God at his word. My friends, you can say, God died for you. Well, wait a minute. God cannot die. But the Son of God is also the Son of Man. And taking on human flesh, he gave his life to pay for our sins in full. God saved us. And notice who he's dying for. He's dying for sinners. He's dying for people who are by nature his enemy. He's dying for people who have broken his laws. His laws of perfect love. He's dying for people who are blind and can't find their way. Oh, they think they know it all and they love to serve the God of me, myself, and I, but they are totally blind to the truth, which makes this the people who are lost, who cannot earn their way to heaven, or even get in right with God by what they do or say. This is who he's dying for. In other words, he's dying for you and me. We're that sinner. And in spite of our sins, 
Our God saved us. Our God died for us. Our God won for us the victory. His humility, not making full and constant use of his divine power and glory, is what was needed in order to save us. But now we hear God didn't stop there. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. If humility is not making full and constant use of your divine power and glory in order to save us, then his exaltation is Jesus using fully his divine power and glory. And that's why he could appear in a locked room, fully human, and just simply appear, even eating boiled fish to show that he was not a ghost. He didn't just simply look like a god. He didn't just simply look like a man. He's fully God and fully man, using his divine power and glory. And the result was this exaltation, this rising from the dead, this ascending into heaven, this promise of coming on the last day with the holy angels, this exalted king of kings. Jesus rising is proof that we are saved and that we don't have to live with doubts anymore. He has the name that is above every name because there is no other name by which we can be saved. In fact, at the name of Jesus, it says here, every knee will bow. And notice the people who will be bowing before him. He speaks of those in heaven. That's the angels and the saints. He speaks here on earth. Those that are still here on the last day, especially. And then he speaks of those under the earth, hell itself. Everyone on the last day will have to bow before the Lord. Whether they believed in him or not, everyone will bow before the Lord. Whether they receive him or reject him, everyone will bow before the Lord. And what will everyone have to admit? That Jesus is Lord. And for those that believe in him, they will be admitting what they've always believed and what they've always trusted in, what has got them through each and every day. That this Savior has paid for my sins and has won for me the forgiveness of sins and the hope of everlasting life. And for those who rejected him in unbelief, they will face the angry God and face his condemnation and eternal judgment. It is clear, my friends, that the purpose of this life is to prepare for the life to come. And the only way to prepare for the life to come and the only way to really live this life is doing so growing in the holy word of God and at the heart of that word is a savior who humbled himself is a savior who exalted himself who is the king of kings wouldn't it have been great if we could have been there to lay down those palm branches before the Lord wouldn't it be great if we could have been in that upper room on, on when he celebrated the Passover with his disciples for the last time, and then hear the institution of the Lord's Supper. 
that bread and wine together with the body and blood of Christ and to hear Jesus say, this is for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And then how humbled we would have felt to be at the bottom of the cross joining with, with the disciples and being next to Mary and watching our Savior paying for those sins. And then on Easter morning, to find that the grave is empty and to hear the actual voice of the angels say, He is risen. He is not here. Just as he told you. Look, the grave clothes were neatly folded. That's not an action of a robber stealing a body. He lives. And as Jesus put it, because he lives, you too shall live. And even though we can't be there, even though this is all in the past, what a joy it will be to gather together as brothers and sisters in Christ this holy week with hearts and minds hearing the most beautiful words of the Holy Scriptures telling us not only who Jesus is but what he has done for us and this week to be able to join the believers of old in also saying Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemev l-u-t-h-e-r-a-n dot o-r-g. May God bless you today and every day.